What's up? So today um, we have a special guest, my homie Ving from the Kinjas is gonna join us. So yeah, just waiting for him. Um, hi Len, uh, waiting for Ving to pop in here. I'm glad you remembered. Um, yeah, t what a crazy week, right? Um, hopefully he sees the notification I just texted him like 30 minutes ago, so he should be in here. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I'm um, just testing. I usually do like a test for the, for the first few minutes. Um. <laughs> nice. Okay, awesome. Yeah, um, man, what a crazy week, you know, with the, the killing of George Floyd and all the protests that are going off in Minneapolis right now. What tragedy, but you know, I'm glad that they finally arrested the officer that knelt down and murdered him, you know? He was arrested this morning, I think. Oh, here he is. Bing, join, um, request to be in my video and then we can chit chat. There's like a purple button in the comments section. You see it yet? <laughs> Bing, there's like a purple button. You um, look at, at the bottom of your screen. You request to be in my video. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I don't know if there's like a lag. So sometimes I'm just kind of like chilling for a minute. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, bro. <laughs> How are you? I am doing okay. Yeah, uh, right? Yeah, I'm doing okay. But um, yeah, just worried about everything that's happening. But yeah, how are you doing? Long time. No, for real. So I'm in Las Vegas. I, I ended up out here when lockdown happened like two months ago. Um, I'm just with my family. So I basically started doing these because I got tired of watching the news because it's pretty depressing. And so, <laughs> like, really, I just check on the homies. I, I feel you. Yeah, in whatever you. country and just check on them and be like, hey, how are you? You know, what's going on? Are you okay? And, um, and yeah, I mean, I haven't talked to you in forever. So you're one of the people I'm like, I wonder how he's doing. What are you, what are you doing? Are you in L.A.? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I live in L.A. now. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, my wife and I live in West L.A. in Culver City. You should come by sometime. I know it's been, like, so long. We go way back. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I know, I know, I know, dude. Uh, I just want to give you a hug, but coronavirus. <laughs> the coronavirus. I know, I know. Um, so, yeah, so I do these interviews, and um, we'll, we'll save the coronavirus part for uh, a later. But... Um, <laughs> I guess for those people that are joining us that, that uh, maybe don't know your background, I'm pretty sure they do, but just in case, um, maybe just kind of go over like why, why you started dancing and um, maybe how you even got to Kinja's. Bro, I'm down. I mean, wow, yeah. big question. Hi, That's a lot, right? 
Yeah, hi everyone that's tuning in. I actually barely go on IG Live on my own, so this mm. is actually like kind of cool for everyone coming in. Um, Anna and I go way back, but I guess maybe just to go rewind. Yeah, long rewind. <laughs> um, started dancing. I'm from San Diego, California. Um, I started. I remember meeting you actually for the first time, like kind of when I first started dancing. When I was 14. We were chilling at, uh, um, I think KB's house or like Cher's house, playing. Oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah that um i started with formality and then in a year like a uh oh man it's a long story how do i how to keep this short here <laughs> uh just for people who may know uh, um started with formality danced with uh urban effects i was mentored by kj gonzalez and kevin brewer from the jabberwockies i i consider them like my my teachers in movement and like um how i kind of built my foundation for dance it was with them too and they're like totally polar opposites obviously you know of of moving kj's just hella fast and just like <laughs> groove and balance and kb's like you know robot <laughs> yeah um but yeah we we or I then jumped to Super Galactic Beat Manipulators, which I danced for. Man, it's so weird rewinding. I haven't thought about this in so long. Like four years? Five yeah. years, maybe? <laughs> yeah. Know. Yeah. I, I, don't forget you directed, too. <laughs> I know. And I, and I totally remember talking to you when, um, at that time, all the leaders had left. And then you were encouraging me to go into, into directing. And I was just, I think at the time I must have been 19, maybe 20. Oh. Yeah. When you look wow. back now, it's like, dang, that is super young. Yeah. But I mean, I think that was such a cool, now in retrospect, such a cool like story to know that you had a big hand in that and like encouraged me to, to more, you know, and called me to more with that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, directed SGBM for two years, two or three years or something like that. Um, danced in Vegas with the Jabwalkies on the Muse I See show in 2011. And then since then, it's been crazy. Like, I, I actually feel like I only danced uh, in Vegas for, I think, six months. It felt like forever. But it was only half a year. And then um, ultimately decided that I wanted to travel and teach. So I um, did that for years. Like, most of... It's crazy to say most of my 20s because I'm uh, I'm in my 30s now. What? I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, most of my 20s is just all just traveling and dancing and seeing the world and getting linked up with people like Mike Song and Anthony Lee. And we, we had danced previously together on, on Frenemies, which yeah. Was, a, yeah, was a group me and my little brother started had you on, yeah. Keone, Mari, Chris. Yeah. Um, times changed. And then ultimately, Kim just went full-fledged company and um, just been doing that ever since, you know? With yeah. That. Man, um, we're so proud. So, so proud of you. Like, just saw your career take off. I remember when you were like, man, should I move to L.A.? Or I don't know what should I do. Should I pursue dance for real, right? Like, that's the question, right? Should I pursue yeah. dance for real? What what made you finally go, okay, yeah, man, I'll, I'll just do it? 
That's a good question. I, I was much like a lot of people in San Diego, California, were dancers and students and like part-time like workers, you know, at that time. So you're, like everyone was juggling something. And um, for me, uh, the story was the same, you know, of like doing all that and dancing, uh, working at, I worked at Starbucks for a while. So <laughs> <cool>. <laughs> oh man, this is so weird. I was not prepared for this. I was not prepared mentally. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. We're just hanging out and people are just chilling in the conversation, you know, yeah. whatever. <laughs> Hi, yo mama squad. Hi everybody. Uh, I'm seeing yeah. your comments, by the way. Um, just want to focus on the task at hand. Yeah. So, yeah. I think a big thing for me, uh, coming from like an Asian American family, my, my, my dad was really big on us finishing school. Uh -huh. So um, I really like was diligent in school and like doing online schooling while I was traveling for the first like two years. And I remember coming back home and uh, my, my parents have always been super, super supportive of me dancing, which I think is a, is a, a fortunate thing. Cause I've heard a lot of different stories with Asian American families who don't mm -hmm. exactly, you know, approve or have like struggles with that. But uh, my parents were always really supportive. And like, I think that, that like helped me to like really go full fledged with it. And so I came home one day and my dad like sat me down and he, he saw that I was like, I love dancing. I love traveling. I was like making, you know, decent money from being like an educator. And he sat me down he was like, you know, like I know that we've always talked about finishing school, but school will always be there if you oh, want to, yeah. if you want to ever continue it. But I think for now you should just dance. And that was such like a big, like, you know, yeah, like, that, that's rare. Blowing, yeah, thing mm -hmm. for me, because I was just like, I was maybe a year or two out. Spoiler alert, I never finished school. But um, <laughs> like, I, I was just kind of blown away. I was like, are you, are you sure? He's like, yeah, like school will always be there. But dance is such a finite amount of time that you can do it in your, in your lifetime because it, uh, it requires so much physical exertion. So I think he just really saw that I was passionate about it and was happy. So that was my big turning point, at least for my career to really like go in that direction. And for me, like school was always a safety net for me in terms of like, you know, if this fails then yeah, I can always just do something with a degree. But being able to have no safety net was the biggest like kicking my ass and I was just like oh dang like I have nothing to fall back on like I have to go for this you know so I think that was a blessing in disguise in, in a big way and I think my dad did a really uh, big favor to me to just really push me in that direction so yeah yeah that, that was the big turning point to, like make it a career that's awesome everyone's giving props to your dad hi uncle <laughs> hi auntie what's up Kang Kimiko <laughs> oh man yeah I love, yeah. I love my I love my parents. And they yeah. Are, and yeah. I re from what I remember you, you were always just like regular down to earth, like so like dude, bro, you know? And I kept, <laughs> I kept wondering, I'm like, man, what, what's going through your mind when you're like on like video sets and you're like around choreographers, like, you know, like you're on TV, like what was going through your head in, in that change? You know, it, it is crazy to think when you kind of look back like that, um, but I, you know, I actually talked to Bianca Villar 
uh, recently, people who know Bianca Villar. We were, I was choreographing a tour. No, was it a tour? Yeah, I was choreographing a tour maybe a year or two ago uh, for this artist, a German artist named Helena Fischer. And like, I was like on stage, I was like mic'd up, like telling people where to go and like just doing stuff. And then she, she like pulled me aside when I had time. She was like, look at you right now. Like, do you like see what you're doing? She's like, I'm so proud of you. And I was like, what? And I and sometimes I'm just so lost for myself and what I'm doing. And I'm so focused on, on what I need to do that I don't really have time to like soak it in. And maybe that's something that I should do more. But I was just kind of taking a step back because she's seen actually my journey too since like Studio 49 days in San Diego. So she was like, you're like doing it. You're, you're choreographing and doing all the stuff. And I was just like, man, like I, and I, I like realized for myself too, I couldn't have done that without so much support from the community, from San Diego, from like my peers, from my mentors to like really push me and encourage me in that. But uh, when I'm in those spaces, uh, it, I know it, like overwhelming pressure can put your, your focus down or blurred but I just, I, I can't, I can't afford that in places like that. So like when, when I'm in places like that, I just have to know that the responsibility is on my shoulders and the response and, and the, and the weight of it is up to me to make it a, a success with the power that I have. So I think with any situation that anyone's like going through, it's really just about like taking the reins and be like, I'm going to control this. I'm going to make it the best and dopest outcome that it could potentially be. Yeah, yeah, that's huge that you're able to focus under all of that pressure and you, you're realizing it now, right? Um, do I you guess so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do, you, do, you, do you think back and, and go, dang, you know, all that stuff that we did, like on dance teams, like that really translates to what you're doing now? 1,000%. 1,000%. I think that uh, the collegiate scene in Southern California is a, a huge driving force for the international scale too. For when I travel and go and judge and seeing like the communities that they build around the world, there's so many tools that I learned from being a dancer, being a teammate, uh, you know, working together or directing or leadership skills. Like straight up, I was a pretty terrible leader. I feel <laughs> like. <laughs> Really? Why do you say that? Why, why, why? Stop right there. Why do you say that? <laughs> I feel like everyone says that whenever I say it, but I, 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 I don't know. I, I've read so much. Um, I mean, I really, I really love leadership books and I love reading in general, but like just learning things about how um, my person could have been better. I'm, I'm hard on myself sometimes like that mm -hmm. and that I, I expect myself to be at a certain, like, um, standard or a certain bar so that when i look back i was like 20 years old and i was still figuring it out oh, i hate moana yes <laughs> i agree with moana i agree with moana oh uh, yeah. thank you but i i just personally know i could have done better and um and i think that's maybe just a character trait in me that i always want to do better you're hard on yourself yeah yeah you know but i i know that with the tools that i had and the community and the people that i had around me like Moana and people at SGBM who really followed, you know, showed me that like, whoa, like people are actually following like what I'm about or what ideals or philosophy or mindset that you want to go forward. So that was a big, that was a big thing for, for, for me. But obviously 
I always want to be better, but I knew I could have. <laughs> I knew I could have done better because when I look at people like you, Anna, or like um, leaders in the community, or like looking at my best friend Keone, I'm just like, damn, the standard's high, and like I have a lot to learn. You know, so that's how I feel that way. Wow, that's so crazy to hear from you because I Why I, is that? I flip it because I remember when you were my well, you weren't my director yet, but I was just watching you. And I already recognized it. I already recognized it. I already felt like intuitively like I could trust you. I knew you knew what you were doing. I knew you had a good eye. And I knew that you were always for the team first. I always, I always felt that about you, you know? So that's why it was easy for me to follow you. And I was like, oh, no, man, he's, he's, he's going to be dope. Like, why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you be director? Yeah. That's, that's huge for me, Anna. Thank you for saying that. That's, yeah, man. That's huge. So. Yeah. yeah, and your work ethic, man, off the charts. So, I mean, much respect to where you are now. Like, like really, like, it, it blows my mind that I'm talking to the same, same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like, right? Like 12 years later. I know. Later, I know. Yeah, if people only knew, like, you know, you're so goofy, like, just regular. <laughs> I know. But, People always say that, like on social media, they're like, "You're so serious on social media." Maybe I just internalize thoughts that way. Yeah. But yeah, I'm a big goof. You already know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So uh, I guess now. Oh wait, no, I I can't skip Gabby, right? So. Arnel? Oh, sorry. I just want to. Yeah. Hi, So uh, I forgot a uh, one really important thing that I need to ask you, so people know too. Um, all of a sudden, one day, you just got married, right? And I didn't even know. I just kept hearing about, oh, Gabby, he met Gabby, he met Gabby. You know, and, and, and then, anyways, how did you meet this beautiful girl? Like, how did you guys meet? It's hard to put into words, but I know that you would understand that it's, it was literally God. It was all God. Mm. And, like, the long story short was that um, I was kind of in a place where I was really down in my life and I mm -hmm. felt like I needed to like really just have and strengthen my relationship with God again. So I like started, well, when I moved up to LA is when I was kind of um, down and kind of whatever, rock bottom, whatever you want to call it. And uh, crazy enough, I got like a message on Instagram <laughs> And it was from Nicole Lewis. I don't even remember Nicole. I remember Nicole. Mm -hmm. Cool. And like, she was like, hey, I'm going to this church in LA, like come through sometime. Just like roll through and like check it out. And for me, if anyone knows Nicole, I was like, Nicole? Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> I was like blown away. I was like, what? And I tell her that now too, because we still hang out and, we, and we're close because we're, we're neighbors up here. But I was like, that is super interesting. Like, yeah, I'll give it a shot. So I like went and um, I checked it out. The pastor's name is Erwin McManus and he's incredible. He's so wise and he, he's so um, intelligent and knowledgeable. And I just felt like God calling me back. And I was like, dang, like I want to do more. You know, I want to get involved. I want to be plugged in again. I want to have like a community that I can like lean on and that people can lean on me if like that's the case. So I signed up for um, this card, this volunteer card with like my contact. I was like, I want to get involved. And like a week later, I get a phone call and it's 
Gabri. That was the first time that I had met her, and we had talked on the phone. And I was just like, dang, this girl's really cool. But I wasn't looking for a relationship at the time, because I was at that moment, I was like, all right, God, whatever you want me to do, I don't have to be with anybody. I'll just, I'll just focus on what you want me to do. And uh, over, you know, a couple months or a couple days, he slowly started to peel back the layers and was like, this is who, like, I want you to, like, marry. This is who I want you to be with. Like, this is the one that I've been saving you for. And I was just like, that was easy. Like, just like that, you know? <laughs> like, just with a little bit of a... Uh, a little bit of faith, you know, and, and that goes a long way. And when I really got to know my now wife, Gabrielle, I just knew she was the one talking to her maybe a couple times. And I think that's so weird. And I think people will think that that's so weird. And shoot, I think it's hella weird now that I'm saying it. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just like, I just knew it was kind of an undeniable feeling in my gut that was like, yeah, she's my partner. She's the one. Yeah. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing. And you know, yeah. the day that I, I did meet her, I met her at you guys' wedding. I mean, she's she's so amazing. Amazing, <laughs> beautiful inside and outside. Really, really sweet lady. Yeah. yeah um, so someone had left a question and they had asked, so do you consider that where you are now, um, I guess, was God's calling? Or do you, how do you think your faith comes into play, like where you are now? Where, where I am now. Yeah. Um, I do think that. Uh, I do believe that everything happens for a reason. I'm a really strong believer in that. And, I'm a, and I think the biggest instance of that for uh, well, people tuning in is there was a, um, a project that myself and Keone and Mari put together back in 2000 nine or 2008 2010 something like that and it was uh yeah i forgot what it's called but it was like a pretty much a stage showcase of like we just pretty much put on a show about um about god pretty much and how much we like love him how much we need him and at that time that was a moment when myself and keone and mari were gonna stop dancing and i think They'll attest to that too. If if anyone like asks them back then, Mari was about to go work at like a coffee shop. Keone wow. was to get back into school. I was gonna kind of just put up my my dancing shoes too, and that was kind of like our last hoorah, if you will. And um, faith and like religion is kind of like a sensitive topic for for most people. So we didn't really think it was gonna. Um, really take off or, or anything like that, but it did. Like, I think it resonated with so many people around not just San Diego or California or the U.S., but, like, the world. There was so much, um, so many messages that came into us, and there was one that Keone shared with me that um, they had messaged him, and it was this kid in, damn, I want to say the Philippines or somewhere, that said that they were really touched by the performance that we did and like that we had used dance for a higher purpose more than like self glorification. And he was contemplating suicide oh. at the time. And that was so uh, powerful for us. Cause it was just like, dance can do that. 
you know, it could actually save people. It could actually resonate and touch people in that way. So for, for us, that was like a no brainer. And we, t we all took that as a sign that was like, nah, like we can't stop. I think this is it. Like, sure, we can go and go back to school and do all this stuff, but dance is so undeniably powerful. And if that's a part of what we are stewarded to like use as our like talent and our gift, we should, you know? Oh, thank you. Yes, yeah, someone actually put in the comment. Um, we need you, that's what it's called. Wow. Yes, that's the name of the project. But that was like a, the big indicator for me too that that was like, got it. Like that's what it is, you know? And ever since then, I have not stopped dancing. I have not stopped dancing in general since I started. Yeah. <laughs> I just love it so much, but yeah. I've never really stopped or like, um, yeah, just took a back seat for like months at a time. It's been my go-to expression and my like saving grace in my life. Yeah, man. And when you mentioned that, I can't even imagine if any one of the three of you stopped dancing, <laughs> right? What it was crazy, right? <laughs> I can't see you doing anything else. Like that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's wild, but I think that I, I firmly believe that God just works that way sometimes. Like. Sometimes the, the things that he'll tell us is so small and subtle, and sometimes it's like, bah, over the head, like, duh, like, go do this, you know? Yeah. And so, so often, um, maybe kids will, like, look up to you guys and just think, oh, yeah, you know, they have all the follow followers. Like, even now when I, when I do some um, teaching, like, sessions in between rehearsals, they ask me, how can I get more views instead of, how do I become better, right? Yeah. So it's often they don't see all the, the hard part. They don't see what you went through, right, to get For to sure. where you are now. Um, is there anything that you can share? Like, man, and I, I'm, I'm so glad I made it past like this, you know? Totally. Yeah. I think that's, that's a great point too. Even for like the future generation of dancers, they, um, I think we live in such an instant gratification uh, type of society nowadays where anything that you can get is at the tip of your fingertips. You can order food and it'll come to your door. You can like buy some online and it'll come to your door. Or you can like watch a movie and you don't have to leave your house. You just turn on Netflix right there. Like, <laughs> like, you know, everything's yeah. like so quickly uh, attainable that you're right. Exactly in your words is that people don't, um, see the work or everything that has been built up to that point. And uh, I get those questions sometimes too. I'll do Q and A's every now and then. We'll, we've had um, digital dojo classes for Kinjas in the past couple of weeks. And it's been great. I've got to spend time with like students after the class, just talking on like a Zoom um, type forum and they'll just ask questions. Um, but even before that in Q and A sessions, they'd be like, how do I, how am I, uh, how do I get seen? How do I get yeah. views? How do I get acknowledged? And for me, it's it's such a like strange question. And I guess just in my in my seat now, I would just maybe frame it in the way of like, if your if your talent is undeniable, you will be seen. Like Ooh. you will be acknowledged because if you're doing it just for the views, I could go on TikTok and learn all of the best 
TikTok dances and get views if I have like my shirt off or if I'm like in a clown costume. Like there's so many ways to garner views that you may not even be authentic about, you know? So like views is not the goal. And I think that we can probably both agree to that, but it's like finding the love for it is what's going to be the driving force. And um, I guess just a quick story for me personally too. Um, ever since this quarantine and this time, sorry, I'm gonna jump ahead. I know you- Go for it, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> I know you wanted to save it, but um, one thing that I realized in quarantine was uh, we've been locked down for what, like two months, maybe two and a half yeah. months. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, within like the first month, I actually wasn't really dancing that much. I, I wasn't creating, I wasn't dancing. It could, I could factor it into a bunch of different variables, but what I questioned for myself was like, why? Like, why are you not dancing or having the want to? And I think that this year and uh, part of last year too, I was in such a uh, um, goal-oriented, career-driven mindset to choreograph for either artists, projects, tours, like um, Kinja's different shows that I was always creating for something else and dancing for something else. So when that was stripped away in this quarantine, I had nothing. Like I, I had nothing to output to. And that made me question myself like, so why are you doing this? Like, you know, the, the big why, right? And I had to ask myself like, like if I'm not doing it for myself and not finding my own joy in doing it, then doing it for other people is just gonna run you dry and get you jaded. So. Um, I mean, I eventually started dancing and I picked up like different styles. I've been taking crumping classes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But it's just finding the love for it again. And I'm enjoying it so much because I'm not even finding the need to like post about it or anything. It's all just oh, like, yeah. for myself. And like, it, that's so much stronger than like views. That's so much stronger than acknowledgement from mm -hmm. others is when you're happy with yourself mm -hmm. when you could reach down in your internal self block out all the external noise that's what keeps the fire burning you know so yes. that's that's i guess in short what i would say to kids who are looking for views is that find the joy in yourself and in what it is first and the love for dance before jumping into how can i be seen that's amazing thank you yeah, that is really well said. And, and it makes a difference from someone that they look up to, like, you know, that's already living that that dream kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, speaking of um, quarantine, you know, I, I was kind of the opposite. I, you, I, oh, you went straight into like... I went straight into freestyling in my kitchen. Like... Because it was all of a sudden, like, I went back to what I did was as a kid, if, if I felt sad, if I felt something was wrong, I would just dance, I would just move, you know? Yeah. And, I, and it was so like, it was good for me because it was like, oh shit, oh yeah, I do love to dance. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I had That's the opposite, amazing. the opposite thought. It was like, why did I think that I'm too old to, you know, I should stop? That, that's kind of dumb. <laughs> Real though, huh? Man, yeah, yeah. Cool. And honestly, dude, like when, when coronavirus first happened, I just was so scared, so scared out of my mind. Like I thought 
it was the end of the world and you know jesus was just gonna kill us <laughs> <laughs> you know and um it really it, it just shuffled everything in my life everything that's why I'm here with my parents. Um, I've been reaching out. I was reaching out to people every day. Like I said, I just couldn't watch the news because it was so depressing, you know? And yeah. so I, I'm glad that you're okay. And um, also I had to learn how to take care of my mind, right? Because your mind just, I mean, if you let all kinds of things into it, it affects you. Totally. Yeah. So how have you been keeping your peace, you know, besides dance and crump? Yeah. <laughs> and crump. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, to be honest with you, this week's been, been really tough um, for me personally. Just like you said, I think that, and I talked this, um, I talked to this about, I talked to my wife about this last night too, because we're, we're feeling so heavy from all like the news and stuff. And, and I know that um, George Floyd and, and the whole, his whole death like shook everything in me this whole week and I've been having trouble sleeping, but that's another story. Um, I think that because we don't have a lot of community in our physical spaces anymore of like mm. going out, seeing friends, seeing family, talking, socializing about these things, gearing our, our perspective for, for ourselves, all we see is the screen of our phone. And like, I'm taking so much information from the news about coronavirus from uh, police brutality to you know, everything that's happening, but mm -hmm. that's the only thing that I'm receiving in my perspective. So that takes a toll, you know, like you said, yeah. mentally. And I had to like, tell myself to like, really just unplug, like, don't go on your phone anymore. And it's not to say to turn a blind eye to anything. But I think you're, you hit it on the head that you have to kind of have a space for mental awareness, and mental rest to find peace. So um, dance has been a huge thing for that. Um, honestly, unplugging from from the internet, putting my phone down, like when I when we, when my wife and I sit down to have dinner, and it's just like no phones, you know, mm. like, let's mm -hmm. just turn on some light music, and let's just have a good conversation and see where we're at. And I think that's that human connection to, to really find what's important in life again, versus just being bombarded with all this, this news. And um, that's been like a good piece and dance has been that too, you know? Yeah. Um, even, uh, this is a, another random story, but another thing that I do is like you said, kind of staying in touch with family. Mm -hmm. Um, we've all been actually calling each other, my brothers and I, and my parents, cause I, I miss them like a lot. And, um, we'll jump on a zoom call. And we'll just actually just do some stretches together. We'll, just do, like, we'll do yoga. <laughs> and just talk and uh, just kind of catch up, which has been so cool because in the normal day to day when life is so busy, yeah, like you don't have time for that. I'm just like, oh, I'm tired, I'm gonna go to bed. But we're like nine o'clock every day, let's like jump on the Zoom because my parents are getting older too and they're um, you know, having physical ailments and like problems and stuff that um, I'm a big advocate for yoga uh, for ePanda in the comments. I'm a huge advocate for it because <laughs> like, 32 now and dancing that rigorously yes. like, for so long takes a toll like straight up and maybe that's the old man in me talking now but like <laughs> my back was hurting for a long time after we were on America's Best Dance Crew we were put through the ringer like dancing every day hours on end barely in his sleep 
and I came out with back pains and like sciatic pain. Oh. Yeah. And uh, I didn't know. Yeah. Crazy, right? 32. Yeah. <laughs> and I like came out and I was just like, dang, like I'm just hurting. And I didn't know how to fix it. So I would just keep dancing. <laughs> doing stuff. And, like not really knowing how to take care of my body. But yoga was like the first one that actually taught me how to breathe, taught me how to relax. And it's kind of a self meditation to really um, take care of like every part of my body and utilize it in a way that helps your posture, all of that. Like I'm a big advocate for it. So I told my dad and my mom about it. And like my dad was like, I could, I could get in with yoga. Like I could do that. So ever since then, we've just been um, stretching every day and, and just kind of asking him, like, is it helping? He's like, yeah, it is. Like, I, I feel much better. So I think that's a really cool um, thing to have in this time is, is family time, you know, through awesome. technology. Yeah, that's awesome. And then somebody did ask, um, oh, so all of you guys, if you want to ask Ving questions, just leave a question card or in the comment down there, and I'll ask him. Um, somebody did ask, are you afraid of losing your creativity during quarantine? Oh, that's interesting. That is super interesting, actually. I had a question yesterday, actually. I taught a beginner, beginning intermediate um, class yesterday, and someone asked me a similar thing. Um, gosh, what did they say? <sighs> I don't remember. But it was something along the lines of that where they were, they were saying, like, do you ever get, like, tired of your own style or do you ever feel like you want to breach out and, like, learn oh. more stuff? And um, I think the answer for me is that in, in parallel to yours is I don't ever, I don't ever feel like I lose creativity if I'm, if I'm constantly drawing inspiration from other stuff. So for example, if you do one thing long enough for so long, you'll be good at it, but you'll also become stagnant because creativity is more like, it's more like water. It's not like storing money to where you'll like spend it and it'll be lost, but it's a constant refreshing flow of water. So if I'm, if I'm constantly reaching out and learning new things, I'm not depleting my own, my own spirit. I'm only strengthening it and opening my, my perspective and my vision on it. So I already know who I am as a dancer. So to be able to draw those inspirations from outside of myself, that keeps creativity fresh. So if you think of creativity like um, <laughs> water, I guess, that, I guess that's my analogy for today. <laughs> if you keep it like water and keep refreshing it, it'll never get stale. Like it'll just continue to just outflow in new ways. Wow. Who am I talking to? <laughs> <laughs> You're talking to KB. I know, right? <laughs> right? It's like water. <laughs> that's yeah, dope. Like, you know what this is? <laughs> KB is a master of analogies. I always laugh my ass when I'm talking to him. But, yeah. Okay. Uh, Arnell says, not all good dancers are both teachers. You being are both. Uh, do you have advice for dancers who have aspirations of becoming a, like a global teacher like you? Wow, that's a great question. Arnell, I can't believe you're still in here. I'm so honored, dude. Yeah. Arnell's like one of the best leaders, teachers ever in, in, in our community, in our mm -hmm. country, in the world. 100. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a shout out to Arnell right there. But um, 
to be a good dancer and a good teacher are two, I think, very different things. Because I actually know some really, really incredible teachers who may not actually like be that crazy good at dancing. And I think that there's so many educators out there who do their job super well. And that, and it's like, um, it's like riding a bike and like riding a skateboard. They're two different things. And to hone and sharpen your dance ability takes a lot of, um, I guess, humility to know that you can always become better. And I was, in, in my own personal story, I was actually forced into, was I forced into teaching? <laughs> <laughs> I was forced into directing. I was forced into teaching. No. Big. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I think my first teaching job was my own class was with Studio Effects and Vanessa Andrade gave me a chance. She was uh, the director of uh, Urban Effects. And before that, I had learned a lot of great teaching skills from uh, Eric Saradpon. He had to just assist him and he just encouraged me to come through and like teach a couple steps. And I was terrible, honestly. I was just like, oh, I think you do this. And the, count, the count is on three. You know, like, it, it was such like a, you just throw yourself into the lion's den and you learn. And uh, there's certain foundational ways to uh, learn how to teach and to go about it. And experience was the best teacher for me. Like, I was, I never did anything great the first time. And I think that's maybe a testament to everyone out there who's like, how do I get to this place in life? And you got to start at the bottom. You got to yeah. start and, like, work your way up. So... I was yeah, I was a terrible teacher, but I learned my own voice, which was which was great because there's so many different ways to teach that there's not one perfect one. And depending on your person and your and your ability as an educator or a teacher, you'll find your way to say it in an authentic and genuine way the more you do it. So, um, good dancing is also just another. Uh, piece of the puzzle to where I took a lot of classes. I learned a lot from the peers around me and constantly was always wanting to intake more because the more you intake, the more you can share. So very two different things. But um, yeah, that was a question, right? Yeah, no, you, you, you did. You answered it. You answered it. You talked about your experience and that you weren't good the first time and you just had to learn, you know, kind of yeah. clumsily as people gave you chances. Yeah. 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 Experience. All right. And then this person, Rock the Great 92, any tips on choreographing for the first time? Oh, yeah. I do actually. <laughs> I um I totally remember the first piece that I created too. It was it was really bad. It was terrible. It was to like a Neptune's instrumental track. <laughs> I'm laughing as I, as I talk about it because me and Keone at the time and I think this is kind of unbeknownst to us but I think we really loved creating and we were just coming up with stuff on our own and just like teaching it to each other but I remember at the time I was um, taking martial arts I think this was maybe middle school uh, elementary school middle school or high school some kind of school I, I was taking martial arts and I had a break and I like went outside and I just started like just putting like moves together. And it, it, it could probably, it probably outflowed from the fact that, you know, in martial arts, I don't know if you've ever taken any, Anna. Yeah. Where like you have to learn certain sets of movement and they test uh -huh. you on it. Mm -hmm. Like this was like my first choreography I like learned was I had to like 
Yeah. You know, and that was like my first ways of memorizing movement. So I think that some of some of my movement now like is derived from like hits or like kicks or something like that. Because it comes natural because that that was in my repertoire of movement. So um, for someone who's choreographing for the first time, one step at a time. And I think that it it can become overwhelming of like, I don't know where to start or like how to remember moves or put moves together. Like, I don't even know what I want to say, but that's okay. I think that it just takes baby steps. Like if you want to just turn a music on, like come up with a step or two, and then it just takes about retaining and memorizing that. And you're like, okay, this is on this and this. And next I want to do this. And it'll be like one, two, three. And then you just slowly tack on this stuff and figure out if you love it or not. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, choreographing and creating your own um, piece of dance choreography is, is so subjective. There's no right way to do it, as is art. Art is so subjective. And um, it just depends on your own taste and your own way that you like. Because like, when I dance and come up with stuff, I'll scrap things and like, that was whack, that was whack. But if anyone was watching, they'd probably be like, I like that though, you know? But to my own like eye or my own preference or taste, if you will, I'm just like, I, it didn't feel right, it didn't look right, I wanna do something else. And it, it takes that knowing in experience to um, discover what that is. So my, my big advice is just to start. And I, I'm a huge believer in experience. And I kind of throw myself at things sometimes before I'm ready and I learn along the way and I'll fail a lot, but um, it takes failing for you to succeed. Good point. And a lot of people usually don't start because they don't want to look bad or they don't want to fail, right? That's but a great you, point. Yeah, you just said it. It takes failing to succeed. You've got to start. That's awesome. Um, all right, let's go to the next. So someone says. That's so cool. How are you doing that? Just pulling it up? Yeah, they have questions at the bottom. So oh, she says, right. how, how can someone learn muscle control? Um, I remember I got teached, or she means she was taught, but she wants to know your tips. Mm, muscle control. Yeah. Okay, here's a little story. Um, <laughs> <laughs> learning from, uh, I'll compare this to my mentors because this is my first dose of like muscle control and body control. Was KJ, uh, my first teacher is very like, he like moves hella fast and that's why I can uh, dissect things quickly because I feel like I learned at it at a thousand miles per hour. <laughs> so I had to or else I would fail. Um, and, but the first time I took KB's class from the Jabberwockies, he subbed for KJ once at this local studio that I was going to. And he like, man, I don't know how to explain it. It was like my body wanted to like jump out of its skin and just go crazy because that's what I knew. Mm -hmm. But his first counts would be like, mm -hmm. I'm like, <laughs> what? Like, like, that's it? Like, and I was like, there's no, I don't feel, uh, I feel like I should be doing more, you know? And I think that people want to overcompensate in, in pushing all this muscle into things. But uh, that was my first, like, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. I feel like I'm walking for the first time and trying to mirror his movement, but like also understand his like foundations in 
popping animation um, body control like hits was so new to me, but uh, it just took practice. I don't think I'm good at it like uh, in the way that he was still to this day, but it just takes practice. So for someone who wants to emulate that, um, I would suggest one, like try learning from someone in that caliber of body control. I believe <clears throat> Jet, uh, Jet Lee from, from Kinja teaches it really well. KB, um, I learned a lot of body control from Lando myself. Um, Ace on the Kinjas, he's, he's crazy good. Uh, Mike Song, Anthony, they're all very composed in their movement and to find certain crisp ways for body control is a good way to start. Uh, but if you don't have like readily available teachers like that, you can always just find things online. I think that the world now is so open and this is a whole another conversation, but the world now is so open to dance education online because of uh, uh, obligation from quarantine and coronavirus. But there's really a lot of readily available ways to learn and taking a class will be your first step to understanding how to do that. And when you can understand fundamentals at that level, you'll be able to understand how it feels on your body and connect it to yourself. Okay, awesome, thank you. Um, here's my random question. I don't know why, it's because I'm looking at you and I'm thinking it. Um, <laughs> favorite community performance? Oh man, <laughs> favorite community performance? Yeah, any team, doesn't have to be your team, just memorable memorable one that blew your mind oh man that's so big uh, i don't know about favorite but top five <laughs> <laughs> okay that helps uh, oh yeah by the way uh before i answer that yeah moana just threw it in the chat but kb is teaching tomorrow Oh, yes. Teacher. He's going to be on. Yeah, he's going to be on the job walkies IG live. I might just tune in and just take it too. But yeah, he's the truth, man. Always the kindest soul, the most encouraging mentor. Um, I really look up to him and, and his whole family, like looked after me when I lived in Vegas. So I always have like so much love. But anyway, um, top five. <laughs> or just just one one in just so that you remember. <laughs> just one so that you remember, remember. Okay. Um, I'm not, no, I, I used to really think that I wasn't competitive, uh -huh. like by spirit. Like, I, I don't think uh, when I look at competitive people, I'm like, no way, I'm not competitive. But there was one instance, I think you guys can actually find it online. There's a Kinjas performance that we did. It may not be in the Southern California community, but it was in Singapore. And we did this um, showcase called Radical Force Jam. It was in a tent. And I love that event. It's thrown by Nick uh, from Jam Republic. But he, he has like a whole camp full of like um, choreography, uh, hip hop dance, urban dance, street dance, all that stuff. And then there's also on the side, he, they throw a parallel event called Radical Force Jam, where it's um, battles and like showcases, etc. And we were invited to perform for the street, and like um, the battle performance showcase or whatever. And I think at that time, we as kids were so fired up because we were like, dude, like, I don't think they really respect us that much because they think choreography is like whack. And I think that's a, a, 
not a common thread, but it is a perspective from like street dance culture that looked down on that. So I think we were fired up. We were like, yo, let's just smoke it. Let's just like, let's just kill this. So like going up on stage, we were all like, let's throw it down. And we did like, we just like put on one of, I think one of like the most fiery performances and it's not that popular, but I think for each of us, we were like, we have something to prove. And that felt really cool for, for, for us. Cause like, I think when you can always put yourself in the underdog uh, situation, you'll always fight harder. Mm. When you're at the top, it's like, it's easier to like, um, be complacent. And I think to work towards something like we wanted to earn their respect, you know? And uh, I think we did, like the audience loved it. Like the crowd loved, they, they showed us mad love. And it was one of those things that's like, with dance, when you jump into like, for example, a freestyle circle, people see you mm. for who you are. Like who you are dancing, it, it tells a lot about where your soul is at. And that to me was them like acknowledging like, I see you, you know? So that was kind of a cool thing for us to be like, yeah, we did that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'm going to look it up on YouTube later. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, uh, yeah. let's, say, let's say top two. One of the coolest performances for me, um, it's not one of my favorite shows, but the fact that um, we did this on stage with uh, SGBM, I think it was Vibe 13 or something like that. It's still on YouTube. That's the time right before Jabberwockies went on ABDC. Like Kevin was a part of it, Ben, you, uh, myself, um, so many other people. But just to be on stage, Lando, with all of like my heroes was like so cool, you know? And I, I think just as like a young person at that time, I still value it now that like, you know, we were all together in one place doing that at one point. So maybe not for the performance, yeah. but for the memory, you know? Yeah, I think I think that's what breaks my heart too about this freaking coronavirus is like <laughs> right like you miss being with all the people we know in the community somewhere, right? Yeah. You're you're bound to run into each other at places, events, or even see you guys on on doing something. So, yeah, I I do. I I I look back on those memories and um I hope that we get a chance to make more, you know, like yeah. for reals. Yeah, I miss so you, bro. Miss you so much, man. I know. It's crazy because, <laughs> like, in the moment, you think that moments like that are going to last forever. But it's such, a, it's such a, a, a blip in time where you're like, dang, that's so hard to do now and to, like, get together. Mm -hmm. But so I guess if there's anything that I can tell anyone who's watching is that enjoy where you are at now. Of mm. course, look at, like, the future and, like, be excited for it but embrace like where, what is the now, because it won't ever be the same in the tomorrows, you know? Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And then, um, so last thing, we have a few minutes left. I guess if you, if you were to think about yourself like young Ving, maybe 10 years ago, right? <laughs> and you could say something to him like right now, after everything you learned, like, what would you say to him? I love that. I love this question. If it was 10 years ago, I'd be like young 20s. Um, I would say, and maybe I'm finding a lot of strength in this now too, is like, block out the noise. And I think that back then I was so focused on 
gaining the approval of others and being quote unquote cool that I didn't know where my voice was. And it took me a long time to discover it. But if I could go back and I'd be like, slap myself around a little bit and just be like, just do you like speak what is on your heart and mind versus trying to um, find what the cool thing is and speaking on that because that I think that what I've learned is art is so powerful when you can sense it from a from a place of authenticity it's undeniable mm -hmm. like when someone really does something from the heart it may not be in the way that they say it or do it but you can feel it there's an inherent feeling that like allows me to relate to their soul mm. and when something is ingenuine and when you're doing it for approval or whatever um it feels more like a hollow shell and that can also be felt like and so if i could tell myself back then it's just like it don't even matter just do you and like focus on what you want to say that's what i would tell myself wow that's so good that's <laughs> so deep dude so so deep and so relevant to the time and the the era of the kids now wow yeah. thank you you dude you just grew so much man <laughs> <laughs> i can't believe i wish i wish people i wish people knew like the goofy and, like, yeah, yeah. 18 year old me. i know i know I know. I love that. I love that. Man. I had a good teacher. Anna, you were, you were a great friend and the teacher, and I learned a lot. Aw. So, Aw. Yeah. No, I, I love you, bro. And I'm so glad that we got to connect for a little bit. Um, yeah, I'll text you when I'm back in Cali. Um, yeah, when movie theaters open again. I know. Go movie. That's what we used to do all the time. <laughs> yes. Yes. Totally miss that, too. <laughs> Yes, tell all the family hello and um, stay safe, okay? Yeah, all right. thank you so much for this. Everyone, thank you for, for tuning in. Uh, I'm going to try to do this again or just jump on IG Live again in general. This has been great. So yeah. thank you for this. Boba Talks. Sorry, I don't have Boba. <laughs> I know, talks. it's okay. Okay, <laughs> take care of yourself. Okay, you too. Bye. Bye.